Oh, you should you should have asked uh, you should have asked Gene in for this one with uh, with Quasar in it. Uh, sorry, Ooh, this, this <laughs> you art. Want, you want you want to just text him quick and see if he's around? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, shit. totally. Wait, up wait, wait, wait. What is that? Uh, Paul, uh, I'll do it. Uh, Curmudgeon, curmudgeon. I got, I got my phone right here. Hang on. Harumph, harumph. <laughs> harumph, harumph. Harumph, harumph. Back to the bin. Uh, did you guys get out and see Superman? I wish. Oh, you sons of bitches, man. What's wrong with you guys? I don't know, you know, but it, actually, I didn't feel quite as bad when when I saw you posted that, you know, you were kind of disappointed that they, it wasn't the full version or the extended version. I, I, I was. I really was not. I, did I say it like that? Because that, that's not how I meant to. No, I really was not. I, 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 thought you, I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I thought you said something to the effect of, boy, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly I, what you said. That is not what I said. No, I, uh, I, I did not expect it. To, I thought it might be. Well, I tell you what, I feared it was going to be. I feared it was just going to be the uh, the special edition DVD. And I'm really glad that to film. Yeah, exactly. Um. And I'm glad it wasn't that that print. It was essentially it was a it was a cleaned up. I mean, really nice looking theatrical print. So it was the theatrical cut of the movie, but it looked you know spectacular. And then it had a new um, close that a new sound mix that was really good because the sound mix they did when they redid the movie for the the special edition DVD really sucked. I didn't like it at all. They had all these new sound effects and. Just a lot of wonkiness. I, I didn't like that at all. And I was I was when it, when the movie first started, and I realized that it was a new sound mix. I was like, oh shit, here we go. But it was actually really good. No, I, I would be. It would suck if you were disappointed by it. No, I I, I was not. I, I tell you what. What really helped a lot was uh, they had a little. Um, like a little intro thing. I, I forget who the guy was. He looked so damn familiar, but I couldn't place where I knew him from. But there was some guy that, that did a little introduction at the beginning. It was very um, American movie classics-esque, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, a little intro thing at the beginning. And then they showed um, the mechanical monsters. And I don't know where they got that print from, but man, it was beautiful. It was so pretty. And that was really cool seeing one of those classic Fleischers on on the big screen. You know, arguably arguably the best one. Although I still like the one with the uh, what the hell is the name of the the very first one? The with the electrothanasia ray, where it's zapping. You know, the guy zaps the building, and Superman, you know, is punching the punching the ray and all that. I like that one a lot too. I can't remember the name of that one, but. Uh, the Mechanical Monsters is is arguably the best episode of, of the whole series. I would say it's the most well known. Yeah, 
I can't, I can't remember the name of that, that other one. It might just be called Superman. Cause I think that other one is the first episode. I forget. But anyway, uh, um, I don't know, it was just, what was really weird for me is I guess I hadn't seen the theatrical cut in a long, long time, because, man, it flew by fast. I mean, and it's two and a half hours long, but I was still really impressed by, I mean, it moves, you know, without all the extra stuff in it, it, it just flies, and it, it really flew by fast, and I was, the next thing I was, I was like, damn, it's over already. And I guess that's where I was disappointed. Is just it, it just you know after all that buildup, it just seemed like it really went by fast. But it was it was you know it was fun. It was really cool to actually see it in the theater, and you know we weren't the only people in the theater. Although if if there was if there was more than eight people in the theater, I'd be shocked because I think it was there was a couple behind us, a couple behind them, and a couple in front of no. There was a couple in front of us, a couple behind us, and like one dude by himself behind them. So yeah, a total. I think it was a total of seven people in the theater. Wow. So yeah, but that's, I mean that's you know, disappointing. It, it is, but I mean it was a Tuesday night, and there were there was more than one showing. So I, I'm really hoping that one of the other nights, you know, it it really you know had a had a higher turnout. But but then again, I mean you know it's a 40 year old movie and. They're not cutting. I think the biggest mistake they're making when they do these is that they're not cutting a break. You know, it, it should, for something like that, it should be like five bucks. You know, tops, and they're charging as much as they, they charge for a regular movie. And I, I think that's a big mistake. You know, when you could go out and buy this movie on Blu-ray for what, no more than twenty dollars. I, I think that's a mistake to charge somebody. I think for our for Logan and I to go. To this, I, I think it was, it was right around twenty five dollars, you know, with tax and everything. I think it was right around twenty five bucks. And to, the, to me, that's ridiculous for a movie that's forty years old. You know, that, well, that you're, you're you're presenting it for the pure nostalgia of it. You know, how, how much of a crowd are you really expecting to draw? You know, you're only going to really draw the serious nerds, as opposed to you know, run it for five bucks. You might you know you might get you know the 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 curious as well. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's my half back theory, but I don't know. I, I don't know exactly why why they do it exactly that way. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it costs them to, you know, to to rent the movie or something. I don't know. I don't I don't know all the ins and outs, but it's just to me it seems silly to charge full price for such an old movie that you know runs on HBO and regular tv pretty often and all that so yeah i mean i agree with you there but i know last year when uh, <laughs> tina and i went to see the godfather it was a full house oh yeah so it's a little, just York. a little disappointing that uh yeah, that's true too <laughs> well i, I would yeah. just hope there'd be a full house here too that's all i'm saying it's almost like going to church up where you live though you know what i mean for the godfather you know yeah, what's that supposed to mean <laughs> You're, you're in mafia country. <laughs> you're yelling at him, but I'm the one that said it. That's what's even better. You can just laugh. I wind you up and let you go. Yeah, I, I gotta go. Tall squirrels in North Carolina. I know where I'm going. Sorry. Some possum stew for Bill. Oh man, squirrels are great. I don't care if they are in the rodent family. North Carolina has coastal fox squirrels that get as big as 26 inches and weigh as much as a chihuahua. Awesome. That's what I need chittering around the house. 
It was my <laughs> failed to attempt at a squirrel call. It sounded pretty accurate to me. Sound, sounded like when I ran over a squirrel last week. Now that was <laughs> ah, my tail. <laughs> you a hole. Someone stepped oh, on my tail. Was it tail. a New York squirrel? Hey, I'm squirreling here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some nuts. What's your problem? Buddy? Get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. No, nothing. I laughed. Oh, okay. He, he's not happy because we're making fun of New York. I couldn't give a shit if you make fun of New York. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's like absolutely meaningless to me. <laughs> I don't feel like I need to be the defender of New York. Wait, 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 Scott, Scott, wait, wait. Your pizza sucks. <laughs> See that? I don't get mad. I don't even have to worry about that because my pizza speaks for itself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got me there. I, I was just amazed when you guys were all up here and I ordered the pizza. Like, how how many people like had never had real pizza before? I had pizza. Well, yeah, I was amazed you were throwing it away. I'm like, what are you doing? We're not done. We can save that for later. And you just throw it away. I'm like, what? I didn't throw a lot away. It was like a couple of slices. Oh, but still, with something. You bastard. Klingon bastard, you threw away my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you, have you found these two books yet, Scott? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have well, you, I, even, I, have I, you skimmed I them? <laughs> Cause, cause I, I got Captain America. What was the other one? First issue special number two, The Green Team. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I have that. Oh, it's, 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 it's horrible. <laughs> Is that a Kirby? It's a Kirby book. No, it's not it? a Kirby. No. To Joe Simon. Oh, God, cover on this. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a horrible this, book. <laughs> this is horrible. Introducing Abdul Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think we might we have might some fun with this one. I think we could have some fun with it. Oh, Jesus. Yes, this looks this looks suitably horrible. Well, I know what would happen to me if I was in the Great American Pleasure Machine. It's F Troop horrible. JP. Oh, man. Oil Magnet. Yeah. Cecil Sunbeam. Oh, my. The movie producer who calls everybody sweetie. <sighs> wow. You need to you need to hand up a sound clip from uh, from RoboCop where RoboCop throws uh, what's his name through all the glass windows and he goes what is this shit you need that you need that clip <laughs> for this book oh there's a sign it says Prez says P R E Z Prez says Prez remember Prez teenage president well it's the same yeah, artist as Prez where is oh. that uh, it's on page. 12 of the art, 13 of the PDF. Man, the way some of these guys look, man. Oh, God. Ugh. I don't see that. It's a street sign. It's like on a post. Page, on oh, page 12 of the art, you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at the look at the wanted poster. The next panel over. Look at the wanted poster. Charlie Brown. Charlie <laughs> Brown. <laughs> wanted poster. Well, look at the guy at the at the teller window. <laughs> <laughs> yes, five dollars, Mister Smith. You've had a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ring it up a hundred thousand times. Because I'm stupid. <laughs> and I've been fired. <laughs> Thank God I never paid money for this. Oh my God, this is horrible. This is just horrible. It's, okay, it's, it's total it. shit. It really is. This is going to be fun. Well, we're not oh. going to have any argument on it because we all think it's shit. So. That's the only disappointment. It would be good if one of us really liked it. Wow. And we we can make that person feel lousy about themselves. (laughs) The only part I like is the Great American Pleasure Machine sequence when the guy's in there for 10 days or whatever. It's like my life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, he was only in there one, two. Were there ever any good issues? Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a couple of good issues of first issue special. The Atlas yeah. one by Kirby wasn't bad. Issue one. I'm trying to remember if I have this Warlord one. I don't think I Warlord do. Warlord one, I think, I think is have... pretty decent. Yeah, I think I have Warlord. No... Yeah, I do. I have Warlord number one. But well, this I don't... this was originally meant to be a series. The Green Team, and instead of making it a series, they decided to uh, stick it in here. And then I think the second issue was one of those ones. I, I forget what the. Uh... I mean, we should talk about this when we're doing the show, but. That, that yeah. it was like this series, like unpublished comics or canceled comics cavalcade or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm. And, and yeah, it was the second issue was in that. But why don't we, uh, why doesn't somebody bring us in? Bill, say something funny for a cold open. Something funny. For and, a cold uh, open. And who's going to bring us in? Not me. Oh, I will, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you sound thrilled. You haven't been here in a while. You bring it in. You kiss my ass. You die. You go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) What's that from? I can't remember. I don't remember either. I I don't know. But but, but your original cold open is gone, and that's it now. Bill, bring us in. Really? Yeah, just bring us us in, in, you freaking lazy shit. All right, we're in. Hello, and welcome (laughs) to Back to the Bins. I am... uh, who am I? Who am I? I'm. Sh- Wait, no, I'm not gonna. Do- I'm not gonna sing. Well, I, at some point I'm I'll sing. The sailor. I'm just gonna sing Les Misérables. Jean Valjean. Less Miserables. I think I went to school with him. Less Miserables. Yeah, that's like our books tonight. Whoops. Oh, Master oh, oh. of the house. I don't know any of the words. They really suck. I mean, they're really great. That makes me want to listen. We're covering two books that suck. <laughs> Actually, one book that sucks and one book that's just like could have been okay, but it's not. And it's amazing because it was. It, we can blame Ben for my book. I don't know who we're going to blame for your book. Just you, perhaps, because uh, there's a story behind my book. But I am. No, my my book my book was picked. To be fair, my book was picked totally at random. Okay, mine was bought totally at random because I had to go to the bathroom. This. <laughs> The story behind it is Ben and I were out doing Black Friday shopping, and I was hitting a bunch of comic book stores. And we Why went. Why's it gotta in. be Black Friday? Yeah, it's racist. 
No, because it's when stores supposedly go in the black on a ledger because they make why, enough money. Why can't it be gender, 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 racial, and religious neutral Friday? <sighs> anyway, we were we were going to stores on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Is that PC enough for you? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of sad that you cower so quickly and give up. I didn't cower nothing. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. And I want to get through this. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it went no. straight to my head. <laughs> <laughs> I just I got, I got a mainline Mountain Dew to stay awake. These books are killing me. They're killing me. So anyway, we're out Black Friday shopping. Oopsie, I said it again. Oops, I said it again. I'm racially insensitive. Who, baby, baby, and sexist. <laughs> baby, <So> baby. <laughs> baby, baby. Get up on this. <laughs> when I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning tonight with that song in my head, I am... <laughs> If I just planted a mind worm, I am very happy. (laughs) Anytime I can plant salt and pepper in somebody's head. (laughs) I I used to date a girl that loved that. She wanted wanted to actually do it to that song one time. And I'm like, no. Oh, oh, ew, ew. Now I got you doing it to the song. (laughs) You're welcome. You have a totally different way of looking at this than me. I'm just picturing some hot girl wanting it to do it with me, and I'll be like, yeah, fine. I'll do it to that song. What do I care? I got a picture of Scott humping my leg like a dog. <laughs> uh, thank God, thank God I'm not in your head. <laughs> thank you. Good night. So anyway, we're out shopping. <laughs> Excuse my Peter Brady impression. We're out shopping, and we go the last store. <laughs> it's the last store we go to before we head home, and I gotta pee. I gotta pee, Mister Gross. <laughs> we're on the we're on the show with Mister Haney. <laughs> <laughs> what we have here is a comic book for six hundred dollars, Mister Douglas. What you gotta, what you, you gotta buy it before I let you use the restroom. <laughs> so that's that's the story. You bought this comic to avoid having to pee in your pants. No, I, well, partially. But what what happened was wait, what? <laughs> Where were you? There, they said their bathroom. He was, was, he, was at, he was like at toilets and story. comics. <laughs> I, I <laughs> well, see, the previous comic book store we went to had a bathroom, and I went to the bathroom, but it was a long drive to the next one, and I had taken my blood pressure medication, which makes me go to the bathroom. So oh I got God. to the next store, and I should have stopped at a store, like a convenience store, before I got to the next comic store, but I was dumb. Can I, I use your bathroom? Stop. It'll take one comic book, sir. <laughs> So when right, I went the in, bigger question I've got is why did you not wipe your ass with this? <laughs> so anyway, well, it's funny because when I actually it's read funny it, you I should was say that. <laughs> I was on the can when I got home when I read it. <laughs> that was where I first read this book was on the can. So we go in and they've got 
the more you buy, the bigger discounts you get. So I had <laughs> the five more toilet you Ben's can use. There, Ben's going, what, 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 what? What did you say? I didn't hear you. I said, the more you buy, the more you can use the toilet. <laughs> you can pee for 30 seconds if you buy this much. You can shit if you buy 20. If you buy this really crappy book, you could have diarrhea. <laughs> <sighs> You think modern comics would sell better if they advertised that they were two-ply on the cover? <laughs> I'm wiping my ass with Batman. No, 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 no. Wipe, 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 Batman. Oh, now he's brown, man. What happened? <coughs> this is even better than, ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is the name of this episode now. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who so sang that song? Salt pepper. and pepper. 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 <laughs> oh, good lord. Not to be confused with Peppa the Pig, which That's is true. A, like a cartoon or whatever. So, so <laughs> I pick my five books out, and Ben is like the ultimate antagonist. He's like, you know, if you just get a six book, you get a, another ten percent off. I'm like, Ben. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm just picturing Bill like sifting through the uh, through the long boxes, but doing the pee pee dance while he's doing it. <laughs> That's what it was down to. I'm like sitting there going, uh, I'm like rocking back and forth. I'm looking through. I'm like Rain Man sitting there, you know, uh, 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 looking through. I got my I- iPad out with the app, and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Oh God, I gotta find something. Doctor Strange. Nope, nope, nope. God damn. Nope, 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 nope. And Ben's like, yeah, you just need one more, Dad. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, so then I just go Excuse to Excuse me, America. kind sir. Could I use your bathroom and then buy books? Well, I, I asked. I said, hey, do you have a bathroom I can use? And they're like, ooh, sorry. Oh, the bathroom's broken. Yeah. I'm like, what if I buy books? Son of a... <laughs> is, it, is it not so broken if I buy books from you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... I go to Cap and I flip through. I'm like, I don't recognize this cover. I don't think I have it. I gotta go. I get. I'm just gonna buy this. So I get up there. They ring up the books and they're like, Okay, that'll be four dollars. And I go, What? Oh yeah, everything today is eighty percent off. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> I look at Ben. I'm like, I could have been gone five minutes ago. <laughs> but he's the one egging me on. Dad, you gotta buy another book. You get another ten percent. They're already already all eighty <laughs> percent. Ah, so Ben thought that was funny, so I stopped at another store and went to the bathroom. <sighs> yeah, that's how I came across this book. Which we have any other comic news or anything? I did a little, uh, a little Black Friday or excuse me, politically correct Friday shopping, <laughs> and uh, they they were doing. What was it? Twenty five percent off of the back issues at the Comic Depot. So I went by and I picked out. Uh, it, it's fun, just funny because I ended up getting a bunch of uh, Master of Kung Fu books from the seventies. Master of the House. Oh, sorry. And it just because if if you remember when we were recording with Andy a couple of weeks ago, and I was I had my want list, and there was some Master of Kung Fu on there, and a- Andy was specifically saying, "Oh, I don't think you can get those cheap anymore." But I got them, you know, all, all under $2. And uh, a couple of issues of Fantastic Four. $2. Where's my $2? But, you know, I got, I got, so, I got a, just a, a stack of about 15 to 20 books. 
and uh, you know didn't spend too much on it. So that was my Black Friday mm-hmm. comic purchases. I went to our favorite place, which I don't want to say bad about them, but it's the place where they always pull out that uh, that price book. I hate that. So oh, I like grabbed. I found like five of them, and I'm like, Ben, make yourself useful. Go get these priced while I'm looking for more. <laughs> while I go pee. <laughs> <laughs> was I was that, that the, was that the bathroom store? No, 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 no. That well, yeah, that was the store that had a bathroom. They actually have two. I don't know why they can't loan one to the other store. <laughs> but yeah, that that was our store where we go, and they, you know, oh well, I need to break out the price guide. It's like Tim Conway's the old man flipping the page. This book that you could buy elsewhere for a dollar fifty, I'm asking for seventeen dollars because that's what they say in the price guide. Yeah, if I didn't really need some of those issues to fill holes. Because that's what I stuck to. I'm like, all right, I haven't been able to find this anywhere, so I'm just going to grab it. I'm not grabbing all the ones I found. I'm just grabbing the ones that come up at like 2 $3. The rest of them screw them. So. That day that we were there, and I had books, and I took them up to the counter, and, and they did that. Did I just leave them sitting on the counter? I don't know. I hope I did. Because I hate that. I really hate that. I mean, I can understand not wanting to go through and individually price every book in there because that that place probably had the biggest selection of comics I've oh, ever seen in one location. So it would be a complete nightmare to price them just just one time, but then keeping up as prices change and you know fads happen and things like. I mean, it would be a complete friggin' nightmare, and I I appreciate that, but. The way they're doing it with the, well, let me dig out the overstreet and see what it's... No. No, 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 no. No. There's got to be a different and easier way to do it than that. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. I, I, I don't think you... I think you price them once, and then when there's a significant fad, you pull those books and reprice them. Yeah. But, but otherwise, yeah. you just leave them alone. A book went up 25 cents or 50 cents in the price guide. Just leave it and shut up. Yeah, you know, it's like come it's on. It's a dollar book. Just charge two dollars for it, or right. you know, you know. I mean, I'm trying to think of how the other comic shop I've ever been in, you know, that had a, a back issue selection. I'm pretty sure that's how they would do it. So that's you know, every once in a while you felt like you really scored a, a really good deal when maybe you were a little bit ahead of the curve on some new fad. You know, all of a sudden. You know, Dirt Man 55 is the hot friggin' book because of some first appearance of some character or something, and you find it in the, you know, in the bins for a buck or something. I mean, I love I love stuff like that, you know, and you know, but if they're doing it the way this one that uh, that Bill goes to does it, where you bring it up there and they they look it up in the latest guide, I mean, that takes all the all the fun out of the hunt for me. I don't, I I think that sucks. Well, well what there's it, another what one that we haven't. I'm sorry. What it does for me is it makes me not want to pull certain books out. Yeah, right. Because I don't know what you're going to ask for this, and unless I know I'm getting it at a bargain, I don't want it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So exactly. I'm not. I'm not going to pull it and have you tell me that it's five dollars for this book that I don't want to pay more than a buck for. Well, one of the stores I go to, which I don't think we've been to, uh, Scott, o- over in Tampa, it was uh, also a music store, uh, but they moved their locations, and I haven't been there since they moved, but. What, what he does, he takes the cover price, he marks it up 30, 33%, and then he says 33% off every day. So he basically, everything in his back issue bin is cover price. <laughs> now, you got to be savvy because one day I actually figured it out, I'm like, wait a minute. And I like did the math, I'm like, oh, I see what he's doing. He's just selling these for, he, he marks it up, 
says he's giving them to you for a discount, and he's done, and he never reprices them. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, some, like, older books he probably will, but, like, stuff he gets in collections or, or like, when this stuff goes off his shelves, he just marks it up, marks it down, sells it. You think you're getting a discount if you're not aware of what's going on. Because for the longest time, I was like, oh, 33% off, that's a bargain. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, but, you know, I didn't have to go search it and hunt it down and everything. You know? Right. It was just there. I mean, I that's like one of my, and at like once a year, he has a, everything in his back issue bins is a dollar sale. And that's usually when I go and stock up once I know he's got a sale. So it's not a bad store. But now I guess he's, uh, I, I've heard he kind of changed it and he's got a dollar section. But I need to check that out, too. And I finally got my convinced my LCS to organize their dollar books by al alphabetical title, you know, just by you know A, B, C. That would be alphabetical. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so that, and now I'm actually buying more dollar books because I don't have to go through 27 boxes to find something right. that only has an A in it. You know, it's like, oh, it's right here. I only had to look through one box. Thank Where, you, Where's that That's at Yancey Street, my local one. Yancey Street was the place where you went in and it was like, okay, you know, this book is $20, this book is 25 this book is 40 and they were like nothing particularly special. Right. So it's nice that they have dollar bins now. Yeah. So, yeah, and he's ha had a few sales. He had sales for fourteen ninety nine and below, and I was able to stock up on a lot of books, so... I got. I got to come over one weekend, and we'll go over and hit that place together. Yeah, me too. There's lots of places. Other than the one who's yelling in the back, price guy. That's Tell them to shut the hell back there. There's a show going on. That's my daughter. She's home from work. She's jibber jabbering. Doesn't with my she know wife. how unprofessional she's being? This I is a high quality professional program. See, if I go so out, there's going to be all background. <laughs> I'm just happy my dog isn't barking right now. <laughs> 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 Shut up! All right, so we getting into my book. We do well, I had thing. something to throw out there. Oh, quick. okay, go ahead, throw it out. Uh, throw it up. Oh, a while back we talked about on the show uh, the the eBaying I've been doing, and I, I wanted to throw it out there for anybody that might have. If you got, do you guys? Did you ever? Uh, subscribe or were you ever readers of the comic buyer's guide do you remember comic buyer's guide i i used to pick them up the little newspaper type ones yeah okay. yeah occasionally if you have those if I you have it, ones that are in the newspaper format oh, i chucked those a long time ago see if I, I got one it might just casually be stuck between two books somewhere in my boxes see i i have carried around my because i had a subscription for i don't know two three years when i was in the in the service so that tells you how long ago this was and i kept them all these years as much of a pain in the ass as they were to keep moving around because it was just a it was a giant box full of old newspapers essentially and i mean newspapers weigh a ton when you get a bunch of them together but i kept them all these years because i had at, for a time i was something of a letter hack for uh comic buyer's guide so i had a lot of letters published in them so i just kept them for you know for sentimental reasons more than anything but i was cleaning out uh around here recently just a couple months back and um 
I dug that stuff out and I was about to just chuck the whole box because I, I just really wanted to, to clean up and, and make space and everything. And I got to, you know, this is when I was first doing, you know, getting back into eBay hot and heavy. And they did one of those those specials where it was uh, you could do up to a thousand listings for free in, in a month, you know, where you, where you wouldn't pay anything for the actual listing itself unless it, the item sold. And so just on a whim, I started listing those figuring, yeah, what the hell? Maybe somebody will, will pay something for these. And I was doing pretty good. I, I told a lot of this uh, in a prior episode. But anyway, I was doing pretty good. But then things kind of slowed down, and I still had a, a massive stack of them left. Well, here uh, recently, I relisted them again because I, I stopped eBaying for a time after we went on vacation. I just kind of fell out of the habit and everything. But I just started back up again. And just basically all I did was I restarted um old auctions that uh that i had stopped for when we went on vacation i restarted them and i restarted all those ones that were the comic buyer's guide issues Mm -hmm. and somebody bought all of them every single damn issue so now i have actually sold all of them and i made pretty decent money on them so the the bottom line is uh you know if you've got old issues of uh, of comic buyers guide back when it was in the newspaper format you know those those things actually sell pretty decently so you know hmm. slap them up and get rid of them if you if you're like me and you just got a bunch of them laying around that you you've kept all these years and don't know why you've kept them then well you know, and you know what they're pretty flimsy and make great kindling <laughs> <laughs> they're good for teaching the dog to pee in the right place. <laughs> You know, stuff like that, you know, where, where people didn't necessarily keep it or whatever. A lot of that stuff, you know, comic-related, uh, you know, has some value to it because there's not a lot of existing copies out there, you know, because well, it was highly disposable. Yeah, you know I'm, I mean? I'm guilty of that myself. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, well, you're going to be really surprised, Scott, because I don't have a written synopsis. For my book, mm-hmm. I'm going to put myself on mute for the next two hours. Then, oh no, this is an easy, easy book to synopsize. So, are we now ready for the Marvel? We are ready. We are ready. We are go. Thunderbirds go. And I have the Marvel, which is Captain America Volume One, Issue 379 from. Cover date, November 1990. On sale date, September 4th, 1990. For a whole whopping dollar. And we have... Our cover artist is Ron Lim, which I had to really look. And then I looked closely and I saw like the way Cap's face looked. And I was like, all right, yeah, okay. I see the Ron Lim in there. And then I saw the signature on one of those pieces of rock that uh, Count Nefaria... I got a rock. I threw a rock at Captain America. I would not have picked this out as a Ron Lim. I didn't either at first until I, you know, had to double check. So, but upon closer examination, it I did pick up the Limisms, I guess. Hmm. Um, we have a blonde gentleman who looks like Count Nefarious. Uh, no, he looks some... like Count Nefaria. 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 This the is the Nefaria. <laughs> Nefaria. Let the <laughs> shine in. Oh, sorry. 
So we have a blonde gentleman in Count Nefarious outfit smashing through the pavement while Quasar and Captain America look on in horror in the background. And the book. Here we go. Strap yourselves in. Book goes like this. So uh, <laughs> we'll come back to this main splash page later when we discuss the art. So Captain America, Quasar, and John Jameson are out jogging in the park when suddenly they Steve receives a message from Peggy Carter over his Avengers Priority ID card that there's a kerfuffle going on somewhere in the city. And Quasar and Cap hop in the Quasar's little construct and go over to uh, where they pick up their duds, what they stashed in the bushes, and they make a quick change artist, fly over through the city, find the cops, and find a blonde-haired big beefy guy in Count Nefarious outfit smashing out of a prison or a building with um, Car one Carla Soften or, uh, yeah, yeah, Moonstone. I'm looking over Moonstone. Moon no, no, it only works with Moon Dragon. So, he is kidnapping Carla Soften, alias Moonstone, and he tries to take off with her. Fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight ensues. Uh, Quasar seems, uh, oh, then he disappears. Quasar puts a net around the city to detect his energy, wherever he might be. Uh, he is hidden in a, like a small type of uh, building over in lower Manhattan to where we find out this is actually the original, uh, what was it? Bloodstone? Moonstone. 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 Yes. The original Moonstone who Carlos Soften tricked out of possessing his Moonstone. And then you he, don't want to be Moonstone anymore. Do you? No, I don't. Oh, no, wait, I wanted to be. Give me back my costume. <laughs> right, sorry. So through long, grueling years of intensive therapy to get my head screwed back, or straight, thanks to you, but anyway, that was me talking to you, Paul, not, uh, uh, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Ever since I stole your moonstone. <laughs> but in the hospital, he met a fellow patient who had uh, rediscovered the process by which European count by the name of Nefaria had been given incredible power. And I guess he also had a spare costume laying around too because it's the exact same costume. But I think Count Nefaria pulled it off so much better. The blonde hair just does not go with this costume. Now, listeners of Nor does Avengers the dirt face. Dirt of Avengers Spotlight will recognize this because we, this was, remember, probably the follow-up to this was one of those Avengers Unplugged issues mm -hmm. to where they, uh, which it Believe it or not, I think that issue had better art. <laughs> I think we were a little harsh on that one. But anyway, Carla's using her womanly wiles. Exactly. To convince him that, you know, oh, you want to free me. I love you. Which if she's powerless, I don't understand how she's able to change it to her costume. But, eh, comics. So, uh... Cap and Quasar are still zipping around, looking for him. Uh, they detect the energy reading. They sneak into the building they're in. Quasar puts a bubble around his head to choke off his air, which doesn't really work. go quite the way Quasar thought it was going to, as basically uh, he tries to put him in a big giant force bubble, and he's able to move his force bubble around and is able to punch Quasar through his own force bubble, knocking his butt straight out. Taking him to the sidewalk, he uh, where Cap throws his shield at Nefaria or whatever. I can't remember this guy's actual name. I'm so, so, so bad. I'm a bad synopsis. Wait, let me check. He is 
Oh, they just call him Moonstone. Yeah. So anyway, fighting ensues. Cap throws him at his shield. His shield at him, trying to break his teeth. He catches it in his mouth, spits it out. Throws Quasar at him. Quasar basically knocks the wind out of Cap because well, Cap tries to cushion his blow, but that didn't sound right. And uh, <laughs> Moonstone Nefaria makes off with uh, Moonstone Carla, and Carla is able to finally slip out of her little gauntlet thingies and basically shocks the bejesus out of him and knocks him out. But she falls on top of him. She can't get up. Then she looks all sexy. And then they say, all right, well, Quasar says, all right, I'm t- taking them off. End of story. <laughs> and there's a follow-up story, which actually has much better art because it's done by Mark Bagley, where uh, we find out that Diamondback is being trailed by someone. Basically, uh, uh, your phone's tapped, this and that. She's walking around. She goes to the gym. Uh, somebody follows her out of the gym and knocks her unconscious. And next issue is the trial of Diamondback. See, that wasn't so bad, no, was it? Yeah, it was, it was rather terse. So for anybody interested, the follow-up story to this that was in Avengers Unplugged was covered by Bill and myself in an Avengers Spotlight titled Just the Two of Us. I believe technically it's titled Avengers Spotlight number two. Uh, it was posted... After Back to the Bins 141, and it was posted on March 8th, 2014. So if anybody's wow. looking for it, that's where you find it. Wow. Yeah, we've been doing this a long Four years time. years ago. Jeez. We've been doing no, this a man. long time already. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you people sick of us? Let us know, because we'll stop. <laughs> so I just want to say right of the gate on the opening splash page, Ah. They look they look like they all have to go to the bathroom and they have to buy comics to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America, they're jogging, but Cap's proportions just, I don't, his hands look huge. And he looks like he's driving a car and not jogging. I'm not sure what he's doing there. And Quasar looks like he's begging for money with his hand. Going, alms, alms for the Quasar. Does he have one of those stretchy belts that has the magnet buckle? Is that what Cap is wearing on his shorts? I hope not. Because <laughs> that's sure what it looks like. It's got little stars and stripes on it. How, how, hey, yeah. how stupid. How Captain America-ish. <laughs> He's wearing his wife. Now, They're the all wearing John, wife, various wife beaters. The John that's with them, that's trailing in the background, yes. is that John Jameson? Yes. Yeah. And he's and like Paul and I said before you came on tonight, he looks like he's wishing he could turn into a wolf to keep up. Right. <laughs> oh God! Wait. Um. Because uh, oh, he's the, their private pilot. Captain America's I, face looks horrible on the split. Yeah. Uh, it's Neanderthal. There's a lot of dirt face in this issue. Yeah, there really is. Like a lot of it. There are. It's. It is an incredibly inconsistent book, though, because there are some. Panels that look pretty decent. And then there's others that some, are horrible. Some of the basic design looks pretty good. It's the finished project, a product that almost invariably looks horrible. But some of the setup, you know, some of the layout, I, I should say, is, is actually not bad. But yeah, So you think, you think it's more to blame on the inking then? No, um, no, I, I, I don't either. But I'm giving you that as a as a possible out. Uh, I, I think it. I think it's a combination of bad. I think it's, it's bad pencils that are wiped out too. Like in a lot of pages, you got white or solid color black. You know, backgrounds. 
Right. Or non-detailed backgrounds where they are there. Yeah. Just some basic line What year line is work. this? 1990. <laughs> it's the beginning of an era. Yeah. Not a good one. The, stor- the story isn't terrible. It's not great, but it's all right. It's, it's, it's you know, it's a decent done-in-one story. And I do like the fact that, you know, the former Moonstone is holding a grudge uh, against, against her for, for what she did to him. Uh, right. You know, the, the story that he got in Count Nefaria's power just because he happened to share a jail cell with a guy who knew how to do it is, you know, <laughs> downright stupid. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, okay, so he's been repowered and now he wants his revenge, which is cool. I, I I like that. The fact that she plays psychological games with him again is kind of cool. Oh, uh, Lloyd Block, that's his name. That's yeah. right. I, I like the way she's so calculating in everything she does. I, I think that's very cool, actually. Um, I get a big kick out of when uh, when Nefarious actually caught Cap Shield in his mouth. <laughs> I, I just thought that was... Very just so different that I liked it. Catches it in his mouth and then spits it out and is basically laughing at him with derp face. <laughs> and then he throws Quasar at him. <laughs> and and you know I also like the fact that you know Cap and Quasar really couldn't physically compete with him. If if Moonstone hadn't uh, done what she did, you know he they. Would have had to find some other way to win. You know, I guess eventually they would have, but you know that they were at a loss up until she did that. And then she eventually realizes, okay, you know, it's a no-win situation, me. so she surrenders. But she contemplates it before she does it. It's not just right. you know, it, it shows that she's very calculating about everything she does, and I, I like that. It, it makes her a a more interesting character and i think that's borne out by what they do with her in the thunderbolts eventually well cap looks like she's yeah. he's got a he, he's got a brainer with his shield when she's right pinned, when she's pinned by him he's on like almost standing on blocks back and he's got his shield over his back getting ready to sling it right in her face hands on top of your head moonstone now that is one wonky ass panel. Look at the proportions there. The proportions are all stupid because well, Cap- he's a little huge. He's huge and beefy. Yeah. So yeah, it's not 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 Cap, but Block. But uh- yeah, but he's still the the proportions of Block are all wrong. I mean, he looks like if he stands up from that position right there, he looks like he's going to be like fifteen feet tall. He's he's just yeah, but, he's but if you well, those proportions are. Eh, if you look earlier when he's talking, when he's when he first goes into, I assume that's a church or a warehouse or something, he does tower over um, her. In most, yeah, moments. but I mean, not by, not by that much, does he? I don't know. It, it just well, looks wonky. But you're right, though. I, I like the position that Cap's holding his shield there because he doesn't look like he's going to throw it at her. He looks like he's going to swat her with it. Well, either that, or he's going to like use it to just like cut her head off. Right. Smack her in the head. Wang. Now, I'm trying to remember, and I've read the uh, the issues of Captain America with Moonstone several times, because those were the issues that were coming out when I first started collecting. And I don't remember his character being quite as stupid as he is in this issue. 
It could be all those years he spent in the mental. That's what um, I'm trying to think. Is is it legitimate to say? Well, that... he's obsessed with hate because he lost his power, and you know he's probably you know. Yeah, is it legitimate to say he's backslid so far because of the emotional trauma he's gone through, which is I guess is possible. But you know it. it and I guess he was presented as kind of, you know, not the brightest guy. He was manipulated by uh, the secret society and everything. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's okay. Like I said, story-wise, I don't think this is bad. It's just the art, the art. The art is really what brings this one down. They are in a church because she says, you're going to kill me right here in a church? Damn right. Why not? I'm certain funeral services will be held here when the time comes, or, or, or held here all the time. And that's when she starts, oh, look, Lloyd, oh, you know, and she starts getting all smoochy-smoochy on him, and he falls mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lloyd. Love me, Nefarious, not as Dr. Carla Soffin, but as Moonstone. Mm-hmm. Come remove these insipid energy dampers. Let me make you feel like no woman has ever made you feel. All right. <laughs> Moron. <laughs> you can't outsmart me. Because I'm a guy. I'm going to burn off your manacles. <laughs> he really is stupid. <laughs> Let's see, I hate you because you manipulated me and stole my power. You know, why don't you manipulate me again? <laughs> uh, but I love you. Dufarious. Oh, it's funny that they... Now, if I remember correctly, didn't this process turn the fairy into like an ionic being, being much like Wonder Man, Simon Williams? I think so. So, when Quasar chokes off his air, he doesn't need air to breathe that he's ionic. Okay. Well, I mean, that's just my, you know. Well, he didn't but he doesn't really do much good anyway. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't defeat him with cutting off his hair. Yeah, because he, well, he not only, then he puts I'm him in punch a you in the head bucket. anyway. <laughs> yeah, punches him right through his own construct. It's plump. And there's no sound, there's no, there's no speech bubbles the whole time. Every time he says something, it's just an empty speech bubble. You son of a. <laughs> I work for Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Oh, we can just write our own speech bubbles in there. So, uh, all right. Can we grade this? You go, girl. All right. The cover. <laughs> uh, what, did you say you go, girl? I did. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's, it's an energetic cover, but I don't know. Nefarious looks. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, once I realized it was Ron Lim, it still didn't... I, I like the energy in where he's coming up and smashing the bottom of Cap's logo, where the America letters are all kind of falling down and knocked out, out of place. And it and I probably would have bought this on the stand for the... You know, the cover would have helped sta- sell it. <laughs> but then once I wanted to, would have turned the first page, I'd been like, wah! But, I have my dollar back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can only give it a C and maybe a C minus at that. The interior art, 
Ooh. Oh, I didn't give the credits. Chris Marnin? Marinan? Marijuana. What? Marijuana. Marijuana. Chris Marijuana was a guest penciler. Mark Grunewald was the writer. Uh, D. Head. Heed? (laughs) D. Head. (laughs) (laughs) Was the guest anchor. Joe Rosen was the letterer. Nelson Yamtov? Hey, Mazeltov was the colorist. Ralph Macchio was editor, and Tom DeFalco was the editor. Was the well? No, wait. It says jogger in chief. <laughs> God. Oh God, that first page just really threw me off, and it's so inconsistent all throughout. I, but it, I can only give it a C for that. The story, I really the story, other than Block being a blockhead, um, and, and getting his. I mean, I liked like. You said earlier how Moonstone, the new Moonstone, is manipulating the old Moonstone. And he just doesn't get it. He's still just a lunkhead. And how he actually defeats both Cap and Quasar um, on his own. Uh, and they're not the ones that actually do defeat him. It's her. So I'm going to give the story a B. Overall, C plus at best. Okay. Um, I don't think the cover's bad. Uh, it, like you say, it's got a lot of energy to it. I think if I were on the stand, I would, and I saw the cover, it would interest me enough that I'd probably be looking to pick it up. So I'm going to say it's, you know, it, it's perfectly acceptable for what it is, and I'm going to say a C. The interior art, it's bad. It was the occasional decent panel, which keeps it from being an F. But it's a D. It's just not good art. But the story, I, I get kind of a kick out of the story, and it tells me that I can enjoy a book even when the art is below par like this. Uh, so I'm going to give the story a B. Pl- no, I'm going to give it a B. I was almost going to give it a B plus, but I'm going to say a B. The, the the story definitely helps it get by the the you know the below average artwork. So overall, I'll give the book a C plus. All right. Um, cover on this one, I got to be honest, I really don't like the cover on this one at all. Um, you know, normally I really like Ron Lim. Uh, Quasar looks okay. I mean, he's he's pretty decent. But I hate to say this, it almost looks like that might be lifted from something, because that looks very familiar to me, but I, I can't quite place it. Um, if, if you're right that, about that, then I'd want to take points off of what I gave it. I don't know if you're right, but I, I, you know, it, it, I, 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 I said a C. If you're right and it was lifted, then I want to then I want to give the cover a D. I'm sorry. The, no, no, not at all. I, I normally really like Ron Lim's cap, but here he look—he just looks funny. I, I've never really been crazy about Ron Lim's cap face because he tends to make his head a little too compact. That A is, is generally really huge on his forehead, and it's really huge on this one. But overall, his proportions just look wonky. And then I do not like uh, the perspective or anything on... Uh, uh, Nefaria, Nefarious, whatever the hell. Yeah, Nefarious, I guess is his name. 
um, it, it's just the perspectives is off, and he, he it just I don't know. Just overall, I really don't like this, and the color just doesn't work for me either. So yeah, I'm I'm really not a fan of this cover. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say a C minus, and I think that's being overly generous with it. Um, interior art, man, it's 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 rough. It's rough as hell. Like I say, I you know I, I'm not familiar with either one of these. Uh, of these artists, the, the penciler or the inker. And I'm almost wondering if, uh, if those are, are actually their names or not, but cause there's parts of some parts of the art look vaguely familiar from something I may have seen before, but this looks like something that you would see in one of those. Um, oh God. What were, what were the name of those books that they did for a while? Like there was a Fantastic Four one, there was an Avengers one, and are you talking about those ones that came out for a dollar? The... Yeah, and they were yeah, the, yeah. Well, the, the, the unplugged books. Yeah, yeah. that's where these. Yeah. that's where the story will continue. Yeah, see, it, it looks like that too because those generally had really poor art in them as well. They were almost like tryout books or something, and that's that's a lot of what this looks like is. I mean, maybe these guys got better, but I don't recognize either name or whatever. But anyway, art-wise, um, <laughs> I'm going to go a D on the art. And I think, again, I think that's being very generous. And the only reason I'm going a D and not lower than that is that, again, some of the layouts are not bad. But uh, it's just it's the overall execution. But some, I mean, there are... You know, every so often there's a there's a particular pose or a particular layout or whatever that that ha- it shows potential. I mean, I do see some potential here. You know, with some work and refinement. I mean, it, it could be great. It's just it's not at this at this point. Uh, and then story wise, uh, frankly, I have not read the issue. I'm I'm going strictly on uh, the synopsis that was given here. But generally, you know, I really like Mark Grunewald's cap. I, I have great respect for it. I mean, the guy, you know, was a powerhouse on this title for a very long time. Um, you know, so taking all that into account, I, I'm going to give it what I would probably generally give a, a Grunewald cap issue, which was a, a, a B, B minus, so somewhere in that area. Because they're generally pretty good and solid stories. I'm just not familiar with this particular one. But I like the choice of, uh, of heroes in this. And uh, I always like uh, Carla Soffin uh, as, a, as a villain. You know, like you said, Paul, I, I like her character, and I like where she went uh, in uh, uh, the Thunderbolts and all that. And you can kind of see you know, seeds of that here. She, she, to me, was always a really interesting um, villain because she had depth and, uh, and you know, actually had a a personality to her that was explored and was, you know, she was an interesting character. So there you go. Overall grade on this one. Ooh, it's, it's rough as hell. I'm going to say a C minus. And again, I think that's being extremely generous, but that's, that's mostly because I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of Grunewald's writing, I just, I don't think a lot of the art in this particular one, but there you go. Well, for those of you listening, you just heard the good book. <laughs> Bill's, Bill's book was picked because he purchased it this week. Mine was actually picked literally at random. I just picked a book, and I picked first issue special number two, which introduces 
The Green Team, Boy Millionaires. <gasps> it's this is so my exciting, favorite book it? of all time. Yeah, well, great. That's... That way we don't have to hear, hear you go, oh, you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I saved it for when you were the green on. Green Team and Nefaria? Oh. So, uh, this book is cover dated May of 1975. And let's see. The cover is by Jerry Grandinetti and Tatiana Wood. The, you say so. Tatiana. Tatiana, is it? Okay. Tatiana Komenich. Uh, I think what? Yeah, I think you're right. It's written by Joe Simon, the famous Joe Simon, penciled by Jerry Grandinetti, inked by Joe, Jerry Grandinetti, and edited by Joe Simon and Alan Asherman. And wow. this was the originally intended to be the first issue of the green team but instead they decided to put it in first issue special number two which was a wise move because the issue number two ended up in canceled comics cavalcade uh, <laughs> with with good reason this introduces the green team which consists of abdul smith cecil sunbeam jp houston and commodore murphy i'm not making any of this up just Bear with me. I the, wish you were, though. <laughs> the, cover, the cover has a yellow background with a jet plane in the background that says the green team on it, and the four members of our group coming towards the reader. Uh, you have the Commodore, who's at the forefront, who's standing in a pile of money and handing some to the to the reader, and then behind him you have these other mokes. <laughs> <laughs> The splash page. I mean, this is just. I'm, you know what? I'm going to read the pre-canned one. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. So the synopsis in DC on DC Wiki because I just can't. The green team consists of Commodore Murphy, a shipping tycoon, J.P. Houston, an oil magnate, and Cecil Sunbeam, a Hollywood producer. Now keep in mind, these are all like teenagers. Uh, though uh, through a combination of a bank. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Go. The, the black kid is not a millionaire? No, not in the beginning. He becomes a millionaire in the story. Oh, okay. All right. Through and that's, that's the, true. I was just about to read that portion. Yeah, I was okay. just about to read that portion of the synopsis, and I don't know if it totally makes sense here, so I will uh, elaborate. Through a combination okay. of a bank error and luck in the stock market, shoeshine boy Abdul Smith is able to acquire the needed $1 million to join the team. Uh, <laughs> In, in in his story, he you know he's kind of the uh, point of view character in the book, and he desperately wants to join the green team, but he doesn't have a million dollars because he's a shoeshine boy. And what happens is he makes five dollars for his weekly uh, work, and with that five dollars, he goes to the bank and uh, goes to deposit it. But through a bank error, the computer records the deposit over and over and over again, so that he he has five hundred thousand dollars in the bank and he goes and he spends the money on these two idiots who try to take him with uh, some stock market hijinks and he turns it into 1.5 or one and a half million dollars yeah 1.5 go get uh, your shine box and and returns the five hundred thousand that was a mistake because he's an honest young lad and he then he's left with a million dollars which lets him join the team Continuing from the pre-written synopsis to save myself this, the team meets weekly to finance adventures and invention adventures and inventions. Professor whoa, 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 Apple. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on a second. So wait a minute. 
if he was given that money in error, but then used it to make money, isn't that still fraud? Because, all right, never mind. <laughs> I shut up now. Yes, it is. All right, but whatever reason, no, but they chose not to, uh, not to to prosecute him for it. Okay. So the team meets weekly to finance adventures and inventions. Professor Apple pitches his great American pleasure GAP machine to the boys. It is a large building in which people will take a journey for days at a time. It's like Risa. Uh, computers will <laughs> stimulate the pleasure centers of, in the brain. Excited, the boys decide to finance the machine. As the machine is being built, Broadway producer David D. Merritt organizes a mob to attack the boys, claiming the machine will mean the end of theater, television, sporting events, and even comic books. The boys retreat to the green room, waiting out the siege. When the machine is completed, the boys suit up in their uniforms, green jumpsuits that contain a quarter of a million dollars in various pockets, plus a ticker tape wristwatch, and head out to the GAP. When they arrive at the rooftop of the building, they find their helicopters stolen by Merritt's henchmen. The boys throw the money around, causing the henchmen to land to grab some cash. When they do, the boys take back the helicopter. The boys arrive at the GAP just behind Merritt. Merritt runs into the machine, intending to use it before destroying it. The boys watch Merritt's 10-day journey through the machine on their closed-circuit television in the green room. After five days, the television goes black, short-circuiting. Sometime later, the boys arrive at the hospital to see Merritt. They are shocked to find him in a straitjacket in a rubber room. Merritt was driven insane by too much pleasure. The boys decide to destroy the GAP with Murphy's model boat that can fire explosive middle missiles. <sighs> this book yeah, sucked. But, <laughs> but you completely glossed over Mr. Dinkle, who came with the city to build in the North Pole, where all the buildings were made out of French fries. <laughs> this, this is, I guess, this smacks of I'm going to write a story for eight-year-olds to read and sit and fantasize about being rich and how they could do this themselves and it's just so full of stupidity and stereotypes and just it's terrible uh the only thing i get a kick out of is just you know you mentioned the last issue had uh, a bunch of derp faces in it it doesn't have anything on this one yeah that's for sure uh, I get a, I did get a kick out of when Merritt is organizing his mob, and we have Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man in the crew right. that are uh, in the mob. We also have what appears to be on the next panel, John Wayne, I and I'm guessing here, I'm thinking Don Adams, and Hugh Hefner. I could be wrong about any of those, but that's what I'm thinking is the, who those three are supposed to be. And they're in the mob that are attacking the green team. Yeah, I was thinking Nixon, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that might be Don Adams because of the the coat that he's got on there. So you're you're thinking the guy with the with the pipe behind John Wayne is uh, is Hefner? That would that would be my guess. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You that know, looks like like that Batman looks like Frank Miller's Batman. <laughs> Which I know is way too early, but <laughs> it looks like Frank Miller's recent Batman. <laughs> Needless to say, now, not, not so good. If he kicked any one of these green team guys in the stomach and broke their spine like in Dark Knight, then you know it wouldn't be half bad. But 
As it stands, yeah, it's crap. Uh, I mean, it's just... It's so, so the bad. ultimate pleasure machine, is that like the precursor to the online porn? I mean, eh. If it was like the Orgasmatron from uh, from Barbarella, yeah. it wouldn't Barbarella. be so bad, but... You know. So oh these kids God. watch this guy for five days? Doesn't the guy, like, start to starve? Or <laughs> what the heck? I'm so... Out. Oh, God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know where that said five days, but it was he went in on Monday. Then it then the book shows. So it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, six days. It looks like he was in Pepperland. Six days, five (laughs) days. Eh, whatever. JP Houston looks like a lamer version of Bat Lash. How does that how do you how does that happen? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> Who the hell is the artist on this? It's, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Grandinetti. Uh, I looked him up, and now I'm trying to remember what it said as far as his history. Uh, <laughs> they just swept him to death. That's, uh, it's horrible. This The artwork in this looks to me like something you'd see in a Mad Magazine parody. Yes. Yes, very much so. It reminds me of the, is it Spiegel? There's a, there's another artist with a very similar style to this, and I'm trying to remember his name. He was the guy that always did those damn nemesis backups that I always ignored. Nemesis! <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, ah, I, I bring think, him I think in small bed on. <laughs> it should be. I just can't help myself when you say something like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta look this up now. I don't understand. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold a phone. Who, who brought in the great uh, Great American Pleasure Machine in your synopsis? Uh, let me is look. it the same guy that brought in the French Fry City? I don't remember. Let me see. Because let me, let me look back to my synopsis. I should make some rewinding sound here. Uh, <laughs> Professor Apple. Okay, because in the opening page, in the splash page, the the um, I guess that's Gwen Stacy there as um, maybe as uh, the secretary. Mm-hmm. Says Professor Dinkle is here with a model of his great. <laughs> what? <laughs> Professor Dinkleberry. Professor is Peter here with a model of his great American pleasure machine, and he's carrying this person's carrying something that looks like a. Uh, it doesn't look like a model. It looks like a ominous looking face in a big giant purple wad of paper. <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> I, I can only conclude we're not supposed to get it. That this is this is not this is just meant for very young kids who are just first reading comics. I got I inoculated. Guess. I wouldn't get it. <laughs> that's that's all Poor I can think Abdul of. Abdul Smith. I mean, is he Gary Coleman or something? Because he's really short, <laughs> especially on page two. Look how short he is. His head only comes up to like just below the doorman's crotch, and this kid's out running around shining shoes. Was he underdog? I mean, 
Uh, I, I I know we're supposed to look at this as as I was eight years old, but you know I, uh, I'm having a hard time. Right. <laughs> I'm not criticizing you for that. It's it's bad, and there's no reason. And where do these kids get their money? Who's watching these kids? Who's what's going well, the, on? the one one of the kids. There's a scene with his like his father talking about how he gave him money to invest or whatever. But uh, yeah, the the one JP, the the Western one. Uh, it's just, young JP doesn't seem interested in his oil wells. The boy keeps searching for adventures. And that's his father speaking, blowing stuff up. No, no, that's JP, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other kid with the boat keeps blowing things up. He buys property and blows it up. Idiot. <laughs> and then the, the uh, movie producer is calling everybody sweeties and it's just shut up. <laughs> I was right. That is that guy's name. Dan Spiegel. Yeah, I can't stand his art either. That's who he, had, it he had a good catalog, though. <laughs> that was your pity laugh. Yeah, that's what it deserved. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for even <laughs> springing that one on you. <laughs> wow, this. Whew. Thanks. Well, this is just why I saved these ones for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, Scott, look at the look on page twelve. Uh huh. When Abdul goes to the bank teller. All right. Now, not necessarily the bank teller, but look at the. Oh wait, did we talk talk about this earlier? Yeah. Yeah, with uh, the wanted poster, and it looks like Charlie, Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Five dollars, Mister Smith. You've had a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me record this over and over and over and over again. I'm going to take this fraudulent money, invest it in the stock market, and make money. But hey, then I'll pay it back. I, I think so every one of these characters is somehow like a photo, a, a very bad photo reference to to like famous people. Uh, the next page after that one, uh, it looks like Foster Brooks is the one who made the Great American <laughs> Pleasure Machine. Uh, 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 Great American Pleasure Machine. Uh, uh. Wow. Oh. So you guys didn't like it, huh? Wait a minute. Now I'm trying to think. Who the, uh... <laughs> no, the, the guy that goes through the pleasure machine. I'm trying to think. Could they be? No, he doesn't have the right mustache. I thought maybe he would be Ernie Kovacs. I picture him voiced by, I can't think of what the guy's name is. He always did the bad guys in the Rankin and Bass cartoons. Would it be the guy that was the bad guy? I picture the voice, or in in my head, I have the voice of uh, from the Frosty the Snowman cartoon. Yes. Of the, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's who I'm talking about. Messy, messy, messy. Yes. <laughs> Just too so late, you spoiled brats. If I can't have the loot, I'll have the pleasure. Wait, now I just did Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Inconceivable. Let's ah, put on our green pleasure. team uniforms. Why don't we have back to the bins uniforms with a quarter of a million dollars in each one of them? <laughs> Maybe 25 cents in each pocket. If we're lucky. 
our action uniforms. So stupid. <laughs> Ticker tape watch. Was it Professor Hinkle? Was that the name of the guy in Frosty? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. You've got to see the... Okay, this is what the guy looks like in real life, and this is just... The guy that voiced the, oh. the villain. Does and, he look exactly like he sounds? I hope so. Yeah, here you go. Uh-oh. Stand by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like the guy in your top. I think he, he looks like the guy in mustache. Sword. He even yeah. has the same mustache as his character. I just went to yep. the page. All right, his, his, <laughs> his name is Billy DeWolf. <laughs> Oh, he died in 1974. Aww. Aww. Let's see if he's got anything particularly impressive on his uh, on his filmography. He was on That Girl. First <sighs> of the Snowman. Love American Style. That seems like a perfect show for him. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke Show. So yeah, if anybody wants to look him up, it's Billy D E space W O L F E. Uh, he he Billy, looks like kind of a combination of of uh, what's his name, Tim uh, from Carol Burnett Show, Tim Conway, and Paul Lind. <gasps> <laughs> so, all right, let, let's let's rate this gem. Uh, oh, do we have to? Yeah, the cover is stupid. I'm giving it an F. The story is stupid, I'm giving it an F. And the interior art is stupid, and I'm giving it an F. I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. I will go next. Um, wow. Uh, I don't even know where the hell to begin with this. Yeah, this cover is just awful. I mean, let you know, art aside, it's just it's horribly designed. It's all like pissy pukey colors it's not visually appealing at all it's a cluster and then the kid's word balloon is just so weirdly placed and weirdly it's just it's it's just top to bottom stupid um so yeah the, the cover yeah definitely it's an f there's no way i would have bought this i just looked at this and go what what is this crap uh, interior art is a is definitely an F. It's there's not one appealing thing about it anywhere in it, and uh, yeah, even as like Mad Magazine art or whatever. They, I mean, there were certain uh, regular features in Mad that I would always skip just because I didn't care for the art. This would be one of them right here. I, I don't. I just don't like this art style. It's too weird and cartoony and. Oh, I just I, I really don't like this this style of comic book art and you know I say the 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 word art in air quotes because this is it's bad it's really really bad and then story wise again I haven't read it I'm just going off the synopsis but having you know breezed through the issue it just looks top to bottom terrible and what a stupid idea that's the biggest thing with this is that it's not even a good idea it's not like a you know. A, did they relaunch this with the new Fifty Two? I think they, I. I don't think it was the new Fifty Two. I think sometime later, but yeah, I think they did. Oh, good lord! Uh, uh, dot com millionaires, I guess. 
<laughs> Man, it's not. It's just not even a good idea. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been at the time it came out, but you look at this now, and there's so much here that's just cringeworthy. You know, the little shoe shine kit, and it's just like, oh, please! It's some of it's just painful to look at. So yeah, it's it's bad. It's top to bottom bad. This is a flat F all around. This this just might be the worst book we've ever had on the show right here. It's just worse than F Troop. At least it's just that worse was than Apollo's smile. Hey. Uh huh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even think you were here for Apollo's smile, so you shut the hell up. I wasn't here for it, but I'm gonna listen to the episode. I didn't. I don't. I never saw. I never saw Apollo smile though, so I don't know what it looks like. It's beautiful. It's horrible. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's well. Let's let's just say it's among the worst books we've ever covered. I haven't given it a grade yet. Go ahead, Bill. I'm gonna. I'm even all A's. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a whole new grade. It doesn't get an F. It gets a G. <laughs> Because G is lower than F. It's, and it stands for G, this sucks. For G for green team. That is our new low bar. I'm insulted by the Abdul Smith character. That just... Ah, I'm insulted by the, the the whole concept of these kids with no, no control. What the hell are their parents letting these kids run around and do all this crap? I, uh, no. Like I told you guys earlier, I had a bad experience at work with somebody who was uh, basically said, well, yeah, I make more money than you. Your opinion doesn't matter. Nah, oh, sorry. <laughs> F this book. Green this book. Green is the new F. <laughs> And one more picture. One more picture. The same page, page 12, all right, where he gets the money from the bank, um, where the guy enters the money wrong. The bottom left-hand corner pa panel. What the hell is wrong with that guy's hair? <laughs> all his hair is, like, shifted to one side. And then in the next one where the guy reads his bank book and says, Great Scott, the kid's worth half a million. I hear the yai sound effect. Because <laughs> he's shaking his head. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just, just, I, no, no, no. Gee, gee, <laughs> Paul, you waste my time. Well, you know what? On the bright side, I made your book look good. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Mine is stellar. It's at least on the grading scale. So, I guess that's it for this week. Right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's, you know what? The book sucked, but this was fun. <laughs> so, that's that's why we do it. Bye-bye. Bye. Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your $5, Bill. Go put it in the bank and see what you can do with it. Oh, I can I can turn it into a fortune and rob and oh, oh god that's fraud <laughs> you used stolen money and made a fortune but you gave it back now he is a kid so I can't fault him for that it's he oh, doesn't know any fault better. him sure he does
He knows what he's doing. You know what you did. <laughs> anyway. Oh, but we didn't we didn't read the whole section about the action uniforms. Yeah, we okay. should wait, 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 come back. I was gonna make espresso. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks. And we'll see you next week. I tell you, you know, sometimes it's fun to do a shitty book. I enjoy doing this shitty book. <laughs> you got a shitty book? You got a shitty book? Waitress, two shitty books. Some, sometimes it's more fun to do a shitty book than it is a good book. Yeah, I will agree. Sad as that is, it is true. Because well, you get more laughs out of making fun of the stupidity. 